Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2019. My name is Amato, and with me are... Tori. And, um... And... Tarin. And Tarin, but... Human. Tarin the human. But you're supposed to be on the East Coast. How did you get here? Did you run at extremely high speeds across the continental United States? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) Um, I guess Finn is the human. Does that mean that Finn is a Sonic the Hedgehog character, basically? I mean, Finn and Sonic the Hedgehog have a lot in common. I mean, Finn Finn could slot right in there without too much problem. It's really like, it's one of the things about Adventure Time that is like, not that this is our topic, but just to say, (laughs) it's like a 90s cartoon in the sense of like, it plays on all the same tropes. Of the the brash young hero, but he's way more emotional. Whereas Sonic the Hedgehog, kind of one dimensional. Sorry, Sonic. Sonic holds deep feelings about chili dogs. Uh Is there a land of anthropomorphic animals specifically in Ooh? Now there's different kingdoms of different themes. Yeah, but there are a lot of sentient animals. Like I wouldn't. I guess they're anthropomorphic, but not. Anthro, they might be personified, but ah. not anthropomorphic, because that would imply having humanoid body types. Correct? I don't know. There's that. I mean, there are. There's yeah. that. There's that deer that stands up and takes his hooves off to oh. reveal fingers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that. There's werewolves, and but there's also just a lot of talking animals. So werewolves. <laughs> In Japanese, do they call them? Is it like Jekuzadogu in Sonic the Hedgehog style? Because in Japanese, Sonic is Soniku za Hedgehogu, and it's terrible. I think I think so. I've seen a couple a of clips of Japanese Adventure Time. Uh-huh. I, I think that's that's what they go with. All right, uh, they, they know best, I guess. Adventure Time, not Jikan no. Boken. Boken no Jikan. Boken no Jikan. Well, I can see that. I guess it's different, you know, in terms of translation because there's a lot of English that's pervaded. Mm-hmm. Japanese culture, so there's a lot of words that people probably would know, or I don't know. It's it's different than trying to just like slot another language into our culture because we're so English dominant. Current estimates show that in fifteen to twenty years, Japanese will just be entirely English words pronounced in a Japanese uh, syllabary. There that's, you go. That's science. I completely believe that. That bums me out. <laughs> <laughs> I may also be lying. <laughs> you, I, I don't, yeah, I, I believe that that was a lie, but I also believe that it could be true. You see, it felt, it felt like a lie because, is it, as it turns out, 84.23% of uh, most numbers are made up on the spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. <laughs> now, Tarin, you are, way. in fact, not physically present. We are trying to have you on. <laughs> Tarin is not physically present in this reality. <laughs> yes, in the entire reality, no. Uh, you are not here in the state of Oregon with us. We are trying to have you on remotely. It's not like our listeners even know where we all are and if we're in the same room either. I'm just saying. We've mentioned this multiple times. In fact, I think, Tori, you're the one who mentions it most, I think. Fine. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for being our guinea pig. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, and welcome to Georgia, listeners. Yeah, I guess our (laughs) listeners haven't been to Georgia yet. A taste of Georgia. The, the, you know, spiritual sense. What do they live there? Well... Do we have any listeners from Georgia? You have one. 
There you go. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Taryn, are you trying to tell me that you have not referred any of your Georgian friends to our podcast? Because I'm a little upset about that. <laughs> so I have two Facebooks, and none of my Georgia friends... Well, actually, one of my Georgia friends is now on my family and friends Facebook. Well, you're trying That's to, like, the trickle them from. into your inner circle. <laughs> like, you gotta vet them first. Sort of, yeah. Well, Tarin, I think that you posting about us on Facebook is the entirety of our social media strategy. <laughs> so you're going to have to step it up a little bit. I have a high Q rating somehow among my friends, like, according to Facebook. What's a Q rating? I don't know what that means. You can't just make up words, um, Tarin. <laughs> only numbers. <laughs> Only statistics. I don't know either, so... Great. Okay. Well... Excellent. Moving on. I am happy to have you on for our topic today. We are reading a Sonic the Hedgehog fanfic. And obviously, it is Sonic the Hedgehog, the Archie comic. Because that's... If you're going to write a Sonic fanfic, of course that's what you're going to do, right? Unless you're some kind of, like, crazy Shadow the Hedgehog type. Oh, he's in the Archie comic, too. Uh... (laughs) Tarin, tell us about Sonic the Hedgehog, the Archie comic. Right. So, it was probably my favorite comic growing up, which is, or at least the earliest favorite comic from, like, age, what, 10 to, like, 14? Um, I was there when it started, and it it seemed to sort of just try to combine everything Sonic media-related into one continuity and it seemed like they had a lot of fun doing it but it seemed to be mostly based on the darker cartoon from 1992 um which i think only lasted like a year or two two seasons actually 24 episodes that's more than i thought yeah i kind of thought it was one season too i remember there was the darker one and the comedic looney tunesy one happening at the same time and that was sort of confusing to me um, because they had such different tones. Um, but I definitely preferred the darker one just because it was darker, mm. which is what yeah. the comic is mostly based on. So that's pretty cool. It's true. But then I went back in preparation for this and I was like, I'm going to read the beginning of the Archie comic. And the first long time of the Archie comic is real goofy. Like... <laughs> More than I remember the cartoon being. It was very strange. Yeah. I have, like, a funny perspective. Like, I used to... I remember being totally obsessed with the Sonic cartoon when Mm -hmm. I was... It came out when I was, like, four or five years old. And I was totally obsessed with it. And I still have memory of it. Like, very couple things that came out in that period. I totally remember loving is the Sonic cartoon and Gargoyles. But I cannot for the life of me because I was about five years old, remember which Sonic cartoon I liked, or even if I was actually distinguishing between them, because they were coming out simultaneously. And I have memories of both, and they're both fond, but they're so abstract. I think maybe I just couldn't tell the difference, and I think that's really funny. Well, there's lots of differences between the two, but they agree on the most major point of continuity, that Sonic really loves chili dogs. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and that's the takeaway memory. And that's t- what I hold. Tarin, we wanted your opinion on this. What are the hot dogs made out of in that world? <laughs> Hedgehogs. Well, I, don't, I don't think there are any pig characters in, in the cartoon. But um, are, there, are there any animals, period? <laughs> you know, I 
I actually don't remember. <laughs> I do know that in the games, the uh, the robots are roboticized versions of animals where they're just sort of animals trapped inside giant machines. And those animals are not anthropomorphic. No. So, they're always like squirrels and birds, and the machines just like pop and release them, and it's unclear if they were trapped inside or if they were somehow assimilated into it, like a Borg style. It always made me feel kind of bad for racing through the level and not destroying every robot in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I freed all these ones at the end, but like, what about those dozen that I left behind over there? They'll just be there forever. <laughs> the thing the thing that kind of blows my mind about the like, cartoon, is, or both of them, is that they were both made and developed by Dick or Deke? Deke. D-I-C. Mm-hmm. Dick. Which, like, <laughs> I remember as like the horrible... Sailor Moon uh, localization, or maybe maybe I'm remembering that wrong. Nope, that's sure. right. That's right. I mean, Sailor Moon fans have a lot of feelings about this, so. But but what really blows me away is that supposedly they they were going to retcon, or I don't know what it would be called, make the comedic version the prequel to the dark version. <laughs> that would have been really strange. I don't understand how that would be possible. How different are, are these two versions? They're very, the very different. Pilot, the pilot episode of the comedic version had Sally and some version of a rotor, really? uh, walrus, and stuff. The comedic version, Dom, is very Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. It's, um, there's like Robotnik and about three reoccurring robots, and like the plans are goofy and, um, and there's no real sense of threat. It's just like, I'm going to foil Robotnik. Whereas the darker one is, oh, the whole world has been conquered except for these small pockets of resistance and we are literally freedom fighters who are fighting like this last-ditch encroachment against like a, you know, this is all in like an early 90s kids cartoon kind of way. So it's not nearly as dark in practice (laughs) as it sounds. Right. But conceptually, everything about it is way darker. Hmm. And and then this fanfic, I think, goes into the darkness a little bit more and yet still tries to be comedic which is, I guess, along the lines of the show. Yeah. If not the comic. I feel like we rewatched one episode of that cartoon in, like, high school, and there was some decent humor in it. I remember them invading uh, the the city. I forget the name of the city. Um, Robotropolis? Robotropolis. Yeah. And a couple of the SWAT bots, like, kind of noticed them, and they're just like, did you see anything? Nope, I didn't see anything. And they just keep going. Because they just know they're going to get wrecked. <laughs> Yeah, there was, there was, I do remember that too, actually. There was some really, like, very funny, like, swap bot humor, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of this fanfic, our fanfic for today is called Bloodlines. It was written, apparently, in 1995, I think it says, hmm. by, is that right? The author is Daniel Drazen, apparently goes by Dan Drazen on the internet. Uh, yep, 95 is what the fanfic says. And this author wrote a bunch of Sonic the Hedgehog fan fiction based off of the comic continuity. Mm. Uh, And this is the first one of them, like the first fanfic by this author about Sonic the Hedgehog. My impression is that they're still kind of active or have remained, like, at least casually active in the Sonic fandom. And this series of stories, and maybe this one story in particular, seem to have gotten some decent, you know exposure to the Sonic fan community at the time. So this is a continuity they've made? This is the start of a continuity of fanfics that they made. 
I don't know to what extent the author kind of did fanfics based on where the comic continuity was as it progressed mm. and to what extent it branched off. But in any case, this one is certainly just everything's comics continuity up until the start of this fanfic. It's based on the Archie comic. Right. Um, and shall we jump into it? Yeah, let's. Yeah. So, Bloodlines. Taran, you want to start us off with what happens in this story? Yeah, so our scene is set by um, Bunny Rabot, who is one of the main characters um, introduced in the uh, cartoon that is not in one of the games, um, as far as I know. and Absolutely not, no. Yeah. And she's just sort of what, hanging around? She's, um, like, at one of the watch posts that are kind of apparently ringing the, the rebel base knothole. Um, mm-hmm. Like, not not right next to it, but kind of a lookout tower type thing. And she's she's on sentry duty, I think. Right. And she's, like, concerned that maybe SWAT bots, who are the main, like, minions of Robotnik, who is the main antagonist, and SWAT bots sort of just look like Cylons. They don't really look like any, any, anything particularly interesting. But, um, like, as mentioned, are pretty funny, at least in the cartoon. I, I would mention that, like, they, they seem to have really normal human senses, which I used to hate. Like, as a kid, I would be like, wait, these robots don't have infrared vision and ultrasonic hearing and all this stuff. stuff. But now I love it. But I just, <laughs> awesome. Um, and so, yeah, she's, she's concerned because there's lots, lots of fog that she'll stumble upon one or, or actually she's not concerned. She's like happy, I guess, that the fog will mask their senses, but then she runs into one immediately. Uh, yeah, a handful of them get the drop on her. They seem to have just found this like outlying outpost. Somehow Robotnik does not know where Nauthole itself is doesn't seem like it would be that hard to find, but I guess it is. Um, I mean, apparently his robots suck, so he has maybe not much scanning technology. Generally, his robots suck, but, like, (laughs) he's got a lot of resources. I don't know. You'd think he could just kind of start shooting missiles into the forest and see, like, where people come from, but... (laughs) Yeah, well, Robotnik has a a lot of flaws, or, you know, Eggman, as I prefer to call him. Ah, but you cannot, Tori. Can I explain why? Yes, sure. Because this is the Archie Comics continuity. Dr. Eggman is the Robotnik from an alternate dimension who comes in and takes over as a villain later on. Believe me, I do know this, but I also believe that that is like a retroactive justification used to unify the character names and not anything that I should really pay attention to. Oh, but as a geek, I'm all about retcons producing little snags of continuity that I can be extremely anal about. I accept your premise, but I just like the name Eggman better. And plus, I remember it from the cartoon. Mm, I don't know. No, maybe it was just from the games. I don't remember. Point being... Can we just um, compromise on Robotnik? Yeah, that's Which a great one. Which is what Sonic like, calls him all you the know, time. Sonic's names are so like Bart Simpson for everything. <laughs> so 90s. Like, it sounds so ridiculous now, but it's like, yeah... Nine-year-olds find that hilarious, and it works really well. Speaking of names, like Bunny's, like I said, Bunny's last name is Rabot, and I sort of like that she mentions in the fic that she finds that she's she's 
she's earned that name um, because she's part robot. She's been partly roboticized, mm-hmm. like her her arm and her legs are, are all robo- robotic. Right. Um, she. Uh, oh, go on. Sorry. She finds it insensitive that they've named her Bunny Rabot because of her, like, mutilation by Robotnik. <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't um, seem to make an issue of it, I guess. Well, she definitely mentions it that she used to hurt her feelings a yeah. lot. So yeah. she's trying to own it. Yeah. Something I like about the fic, though, I don't know if we should be getting into this so quick, is that there's definitely a feeling that they're sort of childlike, which they're supposed to be. Like, all of them. Anyway. Yeah. Also, when you stop like that, I keep on thinking you're going to say Bunny Rabbi. (laughs) It's a separate character, Dom. (laughs) Bunny Rabbi is the alternate Jewish version of Bunny Rabbot, who comes Uh, in later in the Archie Comics uh, continuity. uh, Came in with Dr. Eggman? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It actually, like, opens a whole question of, like, is there a religion? There's a huge social hierarchy, but is there a religious structure, and who is the religious leader? I don't think there is. The Chaos Emeralds? Mm. <laughs> yes, perhaps. They do seem to worship them. I don't, I don't know that they do. I looked into Bunny Rabbot's, like, backstory based on Wikipedia or whatever, and it gets really strange. Like, her entire family was at once roboticized, but then they... They get unroboticized, and then based on because of poverty, they end up having to join up with Robotnik as like f- free people. Or like, now that I don't know, it's weird. Is crazy, and also like points to a couple points in this fic that are really dope, and it like basically starts with the fact that. Um, the very first line before the start is pause for bourgeois legalities. And I, I found that super funny. And I just want to touch on it before I move forward because I feel like this might be the only time. Bourgeois legalities. Like, I almost feel like the author used bourgeois just to imply, like, boring. <laughs> but they really had a sense of, like, yeah, there is a sense of class in this fic, and it is something they're picking up from the source material. And it's weird that Sonic could be, you know, geared so much towards children and just, like, chili dogs and butt humor and also have some sort of class allegory. And the author is obviously sensitive to that because they're using the word bourgeois, and I don't know how literally they mean it. Though I guess, yeah, legalities are bourgeois, like, by definition, but it's a weird way to use the word, I suppose. Let's go into the second thing that happens in this fan. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, okay. Right, so yeah. Bunny, Bunny's jumped by some robots, and uh, Bunny she, jump, huh? she freaks out. <laughs> she freaks out because um, it's hard to fight a bunch of SWAT bots at a time unless maybe you're Sonic the Hedgehog. And she's got, like, super strength in her arm, but that doesn't really match up to, like, a bunch of lasers pointing at you necessarily. But she is saved by a mysterious figure. Very mysterious figure. And yeah. it's a mysterious figure who looks just like Sally. And she's like, Sally, what are you doing? And then Sally, like, kicks her, kicks through a SWAT bot or, like, you know, pulls off someone's head. I forget exactly what the, <laughs> how the combat goes. Drinks but she's just like... just punches them in the chest and they die. Yeah. It's an interesting setup because it, it starts with her specifically recognizing that it was Sally's voice, which apparently she's very attuned to. But she is a bunny, so she's got those ears. And then, yeah, seeing the same visage, and it's it's a little confusing for her. But 
I think she starts to slowly realize this is not actually Sally. Well, it helps so. when the stranger's like, you just called me Sally, right? When you yeah. see Sally, give her this. Yeah. And she hands over a like little metal pin on her cloak. If this means anything to her, have her meet me tomorrow night at the foot of Dragon Nest at Moonrise, alone. Because it's the kind of character who just can't tell you what's going on, <laughs> you know? She's got to be all, I know. like, new character about it. And we'll get to this, but this is, like, the start of where the disconnect between the ending for me happens. Like, the character is aloof throughout the whole fic. Mm -hmm. And people seem to care about her a lot, and yet she doesn't seem to make any attempt to form personal bonds. Well, so. yeah. We'll get into it. Yes. Buddy's very sure. impressed by the martial arts SWAT bot destruction that she saw. Um, and then she gets to head back to Knothole and, like, relate what happened and talk to people about it. And we've got our Sonic the comic cast. So we got Sonic, we got Tails. But Tails is a little kid. Like, he's... Mm. Everyone's kind of a teenager, and Tails is, like, a kid. Right. So he really shouldn't be adventuring, even though I'm sure he does all the friggin' time. Well... Yeah, Tails is kind of, like, barely mentioned in this. It was kind of surprising. Like, mm -hmm. does Tails do anything? Ex oh, except in the final fight, maybe does yeah. something. But, like, throughout the whole fic, is not very present. We've got Sally, who is the deposed princess of Mobius. Her father is around, too. I Wait, no, her father is not around anymore? No. He's in the... He's di disappeared. He's disappeared. We've got Rotor the mechanic, who doesn't really matter in this fanfic. He's a walrus. <laughs> True. We've got... Uh, wait, we said Bunny, we have Sonic, Sonic has super speed, and we've got Antoine. And I've got to say, I really appreciate Antoine in general, because I feel like in the RPG of this game, mm -hmm. Antoine was the character I would have made, where it's like, <laughs> I'm going to not just not min-max, I'm going to play this character type that seems specifically underpowered. Like, that's totally what I did in, like, high school. Would you have also done that terrible accent? No, I hope not, because Antoine's given a terrible French accent that makes no sense. Yeah. But he's Antoine's the guy who put all of his points into rapier mm -hmm. in a laser setting mm -hmm. and, like, super strength setting. Mm -hmm. And he put the rest of his points into etiquette and heraldry. And that's why it makes me so happy yeah, that, that right now, the one time that he gets to use this etiquette skill... Not etiquette, I'm sorry. He gets to use his heraldry skill. <laughs> he gets to use etiquette later, I think. Mm -hmm. Um... He's like, oh, man, I'm looking at this pin, and I know what's up with it because I maxed out my freaking heraldry skill. I'm, I'm using the RPG metaphor here. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it works. <laughs> it does sound like one of our characters. Um, <laughs> actually, they have, like, they reminded me about, like, Antoine's introduction because there's, and I thought maybe I should read out the introductions for all the characters, yeah. like, as Bunny returns the novel. It's sure, kind of short. Sure, Go for it. I just Sonic. think it's funny. Like, Antoine's is, is the really funny one. Someone can really move. Someone's the yeah. party dude. Well, maybe not all of them. Yes. Uh, we... Yeah, I'll read them all out. Why not? <laughs> sure. It's like, they re Bunny returns the novel, and it's like, Sally, once heir apparent to the throne of Mobius... That's her character trait, I guess. Mm -hmm. Sonic, leader of the group, more by virtue of his daring and speed than for any strategic brilliance. Wow. <laughs> that is some shade right there. There's a couple of things shade thrown at Sonic. I remember at one yes. time, where later on, where um, he's, I forget, he comments like, oh yeah, he, he totally has a plan, is what he always tells Sally, even though <laughs> yeah. like he doesn't. There's only some Sonic shade. I actually like that Sonic was like a main character in this, but not the most yeah, yeah. important. 
Then it's uh, Rotor, skilled with anything mechanical or electronic. Antoine, who's clinging to the old traditions and protocols of the Mobian court, was almost his only personality, personality trait, which was really what caught my eye. It's like, yeah, I guess that's kind of true. And then it says, entails a child in comparison to the others, but eager to please and absolutely devoted to Sonic. So, I mean, is right. Anton supposed to be from the same place as everybody else? Why is he only talk? Why is he the only one that talks? I like don't know. I don't friends? know. <laughs> he's just well, like supposed to be very traditional, I guess. But Bunny also has a southern accent. Um, yes. <laughs> I think the writer's pretty good at translating the accent, and I guess that's probably a pretty common thing in fanfic, but. I did read it like I would hear it on the cartoon. So. Yeah, I would say I agree with that. I read it how I'd hear it on the cartoon, but I wouldn't say it's an accurate southern accent. But it's accurate oh, yeah. to that. So, there you go. Outrageous. Yes. On like, model. <laughs> really southern bell, like, gone with the wind, like, out of control. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, like, I, I really appreciated Sonic as a side character in this. Like, he has a couple moments where he's sort of in the lead, but you sort of realize, like, how immature and just sort of deus ex machina his abilities are. (laughs) It's kind of nice when it's in a lower dose. Yeah, it's nice to not be the center of the story. Um, So they they get back in, they check in, they learn a lot of stuff. Uh, Sally consults with her. She has one of those new iPhones that can project holographic images and that kind of thing. And uh, a Google its name Glass is Nicole. And, yeah, right. Yeah. It's basically one of those. So apparently this person, who looks like Sally, was dressed in a manner consistent with the Western Western Western. Western nomads. Formerly a warrior race, they have basically just been kind of trying to stay out of the way of Robotnik, apparently. And um, like I said, Antoine gets to look at the at the brooch and be like, oh, this is the coat of arms specifically of the queen, you know, who has also disappeared for, like, since Robotnik took over the planet. Mm-hmm. The former queen, whatever. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how much stock we give in, you know, this stuff as the basis for a system of government. Yeah. And did we establish already that there's, like, a described setting of Robotnik's taken over the planet yeah. and they've turned Mobo, what is it? Mobo Mobotropolis. Tropolis into Robotropolis. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Where there's a lot of. What else rhymes with mo and ro? Lots <laughs> dough. dough. Lots of dough, Gotropolis. <laughs> These Western nomads are just one of what end up being like a near infinite number of groups of freedom y people who are really terrible at networking. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The story like they of have... Sonic Comics and probably the cartoon is introducing characters that should already know each other. You know, like. <laughs> I guess they don't have internet, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this fic, like, almost, like, implies that they just have more limited access to technology because all of that's located in, like, Robotnik and Robotropolis, and they just get, like, remnants, and that might be an explanation, but... Yeah, but also, like, at this point in continuity, the Freedom Fighters have met up with another group of Freedom Fighters, the one led by Loop, or whatever, Lupe, mm-hmm. um, and, and they just don't yeah. work together. Like, they just kind of do their own things. I don't that's know. That's an excellent point. Guess... Too, too many characters on screen at one time. That's true. <laughs> so, Sally's supposed to go meet up with this mysterious figure at a place called Dragon's Nest. She says, I'm going alone, because she was supposed to go alone. Sonic objects to that, but she insists. Obviously, once she gets there, Sonic has just, like, run after her, and, you know, anyway. Because Sonic 
doesn't understand consent or, you know, being like adhering to other people's wishes when he wants to do something. Or not solving a problem by running. Yeah, yeah. that's true. All problems can be solved probably by running really fast. This is a pretty good characterization of Sonic, you know? <laughs> He's just like a teenager who runs fast and doesn't respect boundaries. This is what I imagine the Flash TV show is like. <laughs> it's actually sort of my favorite part of the fanfic, just by the way, is like they have this long argument about whether or not Sonic should go with Sally to hang out with this mysterious person and says like no and then cut scene and then says I wish Sonic was here like in her head but then like she's like oh has regret and then a paragraph later it's like Sally may have told him to go back to not hold Sonic told himself but she didn't say anything about not doubling back at the first opportunity to keep an eye on her yeah that there, sounds about right. There's also yeah. no rule that dogs can't play baseball. <laughs> basketball. <laughs> basketball, but then... Are you saying there is a rule that dogs can't play baseball? Oh, after no. the saw it after that basketball court, yeah. Actually, <laughs> the dog goes on to play baseball and soccer. So okay. And, and, chimp, and a chimp plays hockey. I'm glad we've established that. <laughs> I, I thought ducks played hockey. Uh, no, only the mighty ones. <laughs> uh, mighty ducks, Sonic the Hedgehog crossover, anybody? Yeah, the Mighty Ducks cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah where they were like mutant interdimensional, ducks. like heck yeah. yeah! Oh my god, I'm I'm so I watched so that. much of that. Yeah, same. Why would you have to remind me? <laughs> Damn, can we bring that one back? Because that was another one that I remember <laughs> from that era. It was like any anthropomorphic animal cartoon. I was all over that shit. And then the weird like, warrior culture based off hockey equipment. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck! <laughs> I was so into that shit, y'all. I feel like there's this thing where various incarnations of the Ninja Turtles keep crossing over with the cowboys of Moo Mesa, even though no one cares about the cowboys of Moo Mesa and never has, ever. <laughs> Biker Mice from Mars. Biker Mice from Mars. So about Biker Mice from Mars. Just they like hot dogs, but not chili dogs, I think. Uh, well, that would be the point of contention that would cause them to fight at yeah, the exactly. beginning of the story. Who would win in a fight? Pizza? Everyone likes pizza. Okay, so they'd be on Team Ninja Turtles. Everybody from the 90s. I think this mega crossover is starting to take shape. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I mean, not to digress too far from my original point, but just to say that (laughs) it it was a game changer. It created a whole genre for 90s cartoons. And that's Mm -hmm. insane because it was one guy creating one comic with relatively limited art ability and And it was just supposed to be a parody of Mark Miller's Deadpool. Uh, Not Deadpool, sorry, Daredevil. Mark yeah. Miller's dead, and that's that's all it was supposed to be. <laughs> Mark Millar, yeah. Mark Millar, is that how you say it? Yeah. I've never said it out loud. Miller? Mark Miller. Millar, I met him. Ma- Mark oh. Millar, oh. Yeah. Did he tell you how to say his name? Yeah, I mean, I knew how to say it before I met him, because oh. that's kind of, it was in one of my classes. Anyway. Because you know things. <laughs> well, I took a, some cartooning classes in college and beyond, but. Moving on <laughs> The point Sonic. is, Dragon's Nest, it's an abandoned... It was the abandoned center of dragon civilization. It's a little strange that the dragon freedom fighter is not a bigger deal in this story, given that they kind of use dragon's nest. As, I mean, she shows up. What's her name again? Um, oh, the dragon? Yeah. Duh, something. Draggy. <laughs> no, it's something that it's ends like in like an I.E. Dulce. It's Dulce. Yeah. Dulce do dragon. Stop. Maybe. Stop. Uh, anyway, it's very abandoned. I mean, you know, it's like there's hardly any dragons left and none of them live here. And so that's why it's so lonely. 
and Sonic immediately gets like a knife to his throat from this mysterious figure who did not max out heraldry, but instead maxed out martial arts and stealth. Are there a lot of characters in Sonic that fight using melee weapons? Is that a theme? Not a lot, no. It's unusual. Uh, it's usually, yeah, like some ranged tech or they just run fast. Some kind of superpowers sometimes. Yeah. Because, like, why would you specialize that when there's Rotor lasers? uses a wrench. Oh, oh yeah. Mm. And Knuckles uses fists, but those are not weapons unless... Antoine know. took the rapier, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. For all the good it does him. I guess there's a diversity. A little bit. Shouldn't they all take the, the laser gun? I, sadly, he uses a laser gun, doesn't she? <laughs> Feel like? Yeah. But... Yeah. Uh, so, so the mysterious figure grabs Sonic and in, interrogates Sally, asking, "Who is this busybody?" Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they kind of manage to talk it out. Finally, they start communicating. The stranger takes Sally to someone. The Sally, the Sally, <laughs> the um, Sally, <laughs> the figure, whose name, by the way, is Sandy. We're about to find out. Uh-huh, uh-huh is Sally's sister, twin sister, which explains why she looks exactly like Sally. Insanity. Yeah. And this figure that she just led Sally to is their mother, which was heavily foreshadowed in the last chapter, so it's not a big surprise. Yes. Are are these all original characters to the story? Yes. They are, but it's kind of strange because I'm pretty sure that the comic introduced all, like, the mother, the father, and... Not a sister, but a, a brother. Like, by the time that this came out, some, yeah, it's a little confusing. Mm, well. Because they're different. This wasn't that far in, though. This was only a few years into the comic, maybe three. I was uh, pretty surprised when I read the comic, like, how quickly they introduced the king and stuff mm. like that. But well, anyway. The king is mentioned in this. Um,. But yeah, I don't. I'm not. I don't have the familiarity you do with the comic, Taran. But yeah, it does seem like they kind of invented a character for her mother, and they invented this twin sister and a plotline for their whole reason why they were separated. Yeah. In this early part of the fanfic, we got a lot of info dump, and so the queen here's dying. That's why Sandy came and sought out Sally. Mm-hmm. And the deal is, you you don't get the whole blow by blow until later. But, like, Robotnik was some kind of figure in the government, formerly. Mm-hmm. And he... Yes. Huge point of confusion for me. <laughs> yeah. I just gotta okay. put that out. Yeah. Because so, they say... Anyway, you can go on and... Y'all yeah, do the thing. But here's it my was understanding. Well, okay. Tron's got something, right? Yeah. Um, here's my understanding, Amato. Yes. Um... So the king of Mobotropolis, which is uh, Sally's dad, whose name I don't remember. I think he's referred to just as king the Acorn? king. Acorn? King Acorn. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's not his name. Hmm. Um, like it's just honorary. one of his many titles. Yeah, they don't mention his name. His... He hires a human named Julian as his minister of defense, I think. Yeah, and they've been referring to this Julian all along. Yeah, that's Robotnik. I think that's established. His name is okay. Julian. All right. Julian, as a name, really humanizes him for me, actually. I don't know why. I'm just surprised. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm more surprised there's canonical humans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is. I think this is set in, like, 13,000 AD. So the timeline's kind of strange. Mm-hmm. So wait, yeah. 
it is just Adventure Time? Is that what we're looking at here? <laughs> I suppose, though Adventure Time isn't that far in the future. With Julian the Human and Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, that was confusing. Is they refer to this Minister of Defense, is that what he is? Yeah, he Julian. Was. Frequently, and then, not super frequently, but every so often, then all of a sudden it's like going by the name Robotnik, and then everybody's like, oh, that makes so much sense, we finally realized. And for some reason... They also mentioned this thing like, oh, the war was over two years after it started. Mm-hmm. But so, Minister Julian kept everyone in the dark. And I was just like going as Robotnik. And I was like, is he disguising himself that's as Robotnik? That's not the Robotnik? war against Robotnik. Okay. That's a different war. It was a different war. Yeah, that yeah, was the point different. of confusion. It's it's him. He was sort of pretending that there was a war. Like mm. he was like in order to seize power. He I see. blew up this incident with the South where he was probably actually the, the aggressor. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and until he lured everyone to a false sense of security and took over. Yeah. All right. Now, the yeah. reason Sandy and Queen... Queen... Yeah, I don't remember either. Queen Queen. What was her yeah, name? Yeah. The Queen? It's kind of sad because this character, this Queen... She's she's very well regarded, and she's Sally and Sandy's mom, and she's dying, and it's quite tragic. But she doesn't really get a huge role. In she this doesn't. Story. She's kind of a. And set. it, I I feel really upset about that because it's like a write off of her. Like she still has the ability to speak and communicate, but they don't give her very many lines. Yeah. And I I feel like it's kind of unfair to her is like this incredible character that she is that they describe her to be to kind of write her off just because she's on the verge of death. Yeah. Well, it's like actually it's it's pretty egregious because they do a lot of the um, exposition breakdown of like Sandy's childhood while they're basically digging their mother's grave. Yeah. Yeah. Like they couldn't have the mother involved in that. Sort Even of in the stuff. conversation. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so Queen Alicia, that's her name. Yes. Um, the to get the backstory out of the way, she and Sandy were sent to the South, and that was a ploy on the part of Robotnik and some other evil government guy who he was in cahoots with at the time. That's probably where they picked up that accent, right? No, because they don't have a Southern accent. <laughs> uh, Southern part of the planet. That's funny. That's funny. Okay. And so. <laughs> Uh, the idea was that, oh, it, like with this war going on or whatever, it would be too unsafe for the whole royal family to be in the same place. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, okay, sure, I guess that makes sense. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they seized Queen Alicia and Sandy, and they were used at, for early robotic, roboticization, roboticization. roboticization tests by Robotnik. So they've both got partially robot parts, just like Bunny does. Yeah, and dang, that stuff was messed up in this. Oh, I yeah. feel like that's the reason the author was trying to say it's like PG-13 rated. This is something like this is, you know, more adult. I don't know if they specifically said PG-13. but Does that mean if Sonic jumped on them, their arms and legs would disappear? And probably a small bird or rabbit would pop out. Ugh. Or several. <laughs> but no, yeah, there was some messed up stuff about, hey, they were force, forcibly robed boticized and that was well no one volunteers for that it's it's a major source of body horror in this continuity it's not just body horror it's like the stripping of autonomy and it's like this this i mean it's basically a parallel for sexual assault like let's be realistic and it's crazy because the author read this into sonic 
And I feel like it's actually a reasonable reading. Like, if you talk about how this actually exists as a trauma for people, it's like the co-opting of the body. It, yeah, the author made it pretty real. They they go into, like, the origin of robotizing, (laughs) whatever, making people into robots. Uncle Chuck. I'm the only one who can say that word. Hedgehogs. um, His desire to replace disable or I don't know in, in, infirm limbs or something for old people making them immortal which you know don't don't mess with God's place uh, yeah never what it's have a, we done it's a complicated narrative yeah uh, Sandy and the queen managed to escape from Robotnik back in the day they hooked up with the nomads they did not know until recently they were saying you know the heck away from the area around Robotropolis like any sane people would do and the only reason they know about uh, Sally is because relatively recently they ran into one of the other leaders of one of these other groups of freedom fighters that do not cooperate with each other very much. Dirk. Is that right? <laughs> um, and, yeah, the leader of the Eastern Band of Freedom Fighters, who are off being far away from Robotnik, I guess. How bad is Robotnik when there's so many groups of free- freedom fighters out there? He's pretty bad. But it's one of those weird genre things where, like, there's a single person, uh-huh. Robotnik. If you kill Robotnik, okay, and, and Snively, uh-huh. but that can't be hard. Like, uh-huh. that's all of your problems solved. <laughs> and, like, they have shots at Robotnik, I, I'm i telling you, in the comic. Mm-hmm. They just don't take them. Like, because it's a genre thing, you know? It's not even like, a, oh, we need to preserve the valuable life of this incredible super Hitler. Like, it's not even that. It's just, like, it doesn't seem to really occur to them to, like, really go for the throat. <laughs> anyway, that's just my complaint about Sonic. I, Continuity I, in general. No, that's fair. Just one shot, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, okay, it's just I read, an, I read an issue of Sonic. Like, I read one issue to prepare for this. I read the epi- issue one, and I was like, okay, I'm jumping ahead. Then I read, like, issue 30. Mm-hmm. And it's one where Robotnik is, like, trapped in a computer, and Snively's taking over, you know, uh, taking over for a while. And, like, Robotnik's like, oh, let me out of here. And Snively's like, no, I think I'll be in charge for now, and I'll use this super weapon that you thought was too dangerous. And Uncle Chuck gets to go in, and he's right there, and Snively's like, oh, you're the only robot in this room, and I trust you completely. Go do this thing, and, you know, prepare for this. And he's like, yeah, I'll do that, but actually I'll go take the message to the Freedom Fighters. Look, you are a robot. He is Snively. <laughs> he's right there in arm's reach. Just strangle them in your cold mechanical grip. <laughs> Robotics still trapped in the computer, and then you're good. Okay, I- I'm done now. <laughs> There's, you feel better, there's a lot of superhero comics BS about saving supervillains' lives when they go on mass murdering sprees. <laughs> it's just very strange. It really okay. is. So, the point is, <laughs> Sandy finally got in touch with Sally, and it's partly, it's mostly because their mother's dying. They don't know Wait, what's up. That She's was been problem? dying. Yeah, that was the main problem. Oh, okay. Um, like, that was kind of what yeah, I lost for a second. forced their hand. And the super Hitler comment just threw it off. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, they hop on Dulcie. Dulcie's the dragon. 
Dulcie is mostly a means of transportation. I'm sorry, Dulcie. That's really your role. I know, and the only other thing they say about her is she's terrible at landing. And it's, like, sort of comical. But It's just, a running joke. Yeah, just also mean. She's a dragon Look, who is also launched sorry, bad and quack. <laughs> yes. Look. True the, that. The problems with landing are way better than just the Lotro Eagles situation. You know, like... If she died because they couldn't get to her in time because of some sort of flying robot, like, I'd be pretty annoyed when they had a dragon. <laughs> it's true. I feel like they don't give Dulcie enough respect because she just transports them around, you know? The author tries to give her a little respect because she takes them all back to Nauthole, and Sally's bracing for the landing. She's like, well, this is the, you know, least of all evils, but, like, you know, hopefully my mom's going to be okay after this landing. And Dulcie does, like, a really smooth landing. And so I was like, oh, uh, thanks. And, like, Dulcie was clearly, like, trying extra hard because she had, like, an invalid... Though it does kind of imply that she could be doing better <laughs> all of the time. And right. I didn't like that. I was like, that's, she's just careless. That's like, a great implication. Though. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. We can. She's just passive aggressive about being used as transportation. Yeah, I mean, I would be. Um, they're, they're about to discover the true horror of roboticization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's another big info dump. I was thinking, like, is the plot of this... this I thought there was going to be a lot of conflict between Sally and Sandy or whatever, but that's not really the no. case. It's just a whole lot of info dumping early on. And our second round of info dumping involves Uncle Chuck coming in. He's a great robot scientist who also apparently sold chili dogs at a chili dog stand. I don't know why. He's also heavily roboticized. And they've got, again, a really... Well, yeah, he's, he's full-on roboticized, except that he ended up with his... Oh, um, you said it. Roboticized. <laughs> well, I can say roboticized. I just can't say roboticization. 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 Whatever. It's okay, Amato. I still love you. They do some science. Uh, who, In the cartoon and the comic, he gets his sentience back after he's roboticized by Sonic using a power ring, which is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Comic continuity, man. Get them rings. <laughs> Rings and gems. Gotta get those rings and gems. Whose uncle are they? Sonic's. Sonic's uncle? Specifically Sonic's uncle. So is it... He looks like old Sonic robot. Oh. So... That's what I hope to look like someday. What was that? Uh, Chuck used to be a hedgehog? Yes. Oh. He basically looks like... Yeah. Yeah. So they do some science about what's going on with the queen. And there's a whole lot of like, oh, twins, like, oh, uh, sharing information... (laughs) Sharing stuff like, yeah. But okay, but the real deal is, is they the, find out. The double blind studies they can now do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but they find out what's going on with the queen. You want to take that, Tarn? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> now, is this before or after they um, trespass upon Antoine's body? Uh, permission. I don't remember that. What are you talking about? Uh, they, they take his blood at one point. Oh. Without after asking, he passes out. He's unconscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like they're taking everyone's blood that, to do these tests. That's slightly past this point, I believe. Uh, right? Th- th- this is part of the science that they're doing. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah part is... of the science. Okay, yeah. I see. Well, yeah, they needed to take everyone's blood, and Antoine is totally freaked out by having his blood taken, but he passes out, and they take his blood anyway, which, yeah, does feel pretty messed up. So. Mm-hmm. 
Great Just plot point. <laughs> yeah. This is also where a lot of that info dump backstory about yes. um, the deal with how Robotnik took over and stuff comes out. But in the end, uh, Uncle Chuck gets to, you know, step out of, like, the examination, the studies and stuff, and he's like, I got the news. It turns out that roboticization um, introduces a lot of heavy metals into your body, which are, to some extent, poisonous, radioactive, um, and cause a lot of cancer and tumors and other organ failure. And this is a problem for anyone who's partially roboticized. It's also a problem for anyone who is fully roboticized because the core important organs are still intact inside the robot bodies. Probably, they, they mentioned heart, I think also maybe brain. Um, yeah. It's horrifying, but it also makes sense because, like, otherwise, why are you turning it people makes... into robots if you don't need any of the organic parts, yeah. right? Why are you not just building robots? No, this was... <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> this was a really interesting point because, like, it it's one of the two things that people draw on from this sort of, like, robotic body horror. Like... Mm-hmm. Going back to, you know, like, um, how was that old Japanese film where the dude, like, turns the massive ball Uh, of, like, robot Oh, My Neighbor Totoro. Yes, exactly (laughs) that one. Akira. No, it's it's definitely an inspiration for Akira, but it's an old black and white live action film. Something Iron Man. Tetsuya. Yes, Tetsuya the Iron Man. Yeah. This is, like, early body horror. We're talking about... Two things. We're talking about invasion of the body. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned before, sexual assault Completely is invasion present. of the body, right? Or, you know, just anything that crosses the physical boundaries of being touched or... Uh, oh, Tyrant's still there. Okay, good. The other one is illnesses, like chronic illnesses like cancer. And films like this, like early body horror came about at a time where cancer was becoming very prominent post, you know, Hiroshima, post things that were making... It came out of Japan at a time where people were becoming very ill uh, because of, you know, atomic bombs. And you can see that fear, and the author does a really good job of capturing that exact motif. Like, mm-hmm. even though Sonic itself is so abstracted from that original form, roboticization is exactly that. It's the illness and the cancer and the radiation, and they bring it right back. And I guess that's why the author said this was a dark fic, you know. Yeah, the implications here are real bad. Because, you know, it starts off with, uh, yeah, the queen's dying, we can't do much about it. Uh, Bunny and and Sandy, you're going to have problems too, and, like, we can treat the symptoms, but that doesn't change the fact that you're still partially roboticized and it's still going to kill you. Mm. But the real thing is that most of the population of the planet has been roboticized already, and there's a ticking time bomb of all of them dying from robo-cancer. And that's, like... Real bad. It's so just a future real. impending genocide? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. I guess Robotnik doesn't care because like, he can just keep making real robots, I guess, once you know his workforce starts dying off or whatever. Then why make the squishy robots? <laughs> <laughs> and there come in again the class elements of this, too. Like, this fanfic is making Sonic so freaking real, I can't stand it. <laughs> so real. Sonic the Hedgehog, it's yeah. It's too real, right? Uh, oh, did, and, uh, one other side note about this particular section of exposition, I hate, and I don't know if this is universal to fanfics, but it was definitely in this other fanfic I was reading for this show, um, I hate when fanfic writers try to sound techy. It just sounds so 
terrible. Like maybe as a kid I would have understood it, but er, never mind. No, it is kind it of the, the Star Trek problem where they try to over-explain their fake bullshit that they make up. When it would be narratively better, and they just said, "Oh, we did magic and it happened," <laughs> instead of trying to name it specifically. Because the more granular you make it, the more real-world problems get introduced into something that doesn't need to be there. Truth. Totally. So we've got those dark revelations, and everyone kind of has to deal with them. And we kind of have some character moments between a few people. Mm. Tails is a little kid, and he's like, uh, the, the vibe seems real bad here, and Bunny gets to explain death to him. <laughs> I mean, not, not yeah. quite that, but she's like, yeah, everyone's sad because the queen's dying, and mm. that's really sad. And she gets to have a moment with, um, with Sandy, who she shares partial robotics case. <laughs> Roboticization. Roboticization in common with. Bad robot making. Mm-hmm. I don't know I'm the only one who doesn't have a problem with this word. <laughs> I, I didn't study English, so I, I, mm. I don't have a degree in it, so I can't say it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you, have to have a, you have to have a bachelor's degree in English to pronounce roboticization. To, well, just the hardest... The highest level of English words, you know? Yeah. They're, they're, they're all tiered lists. They're pretty like high that. level. It's also not a real word, so. <laughs> it would be like an SS ranked word, though. Yeah. Need to put I more get that. points in English. Exactly. It's yeah. like a, it's one of those $50 words. I, I've been multi, multi-classing too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, what's the, this, this interaction between Bunny and Sandy is supposed to be important. What's the main vibe here? Now, it is supposed to be important, but I didn't read it as super important until the end when they have a more tender moment. Mm-hmm. Well, Sandy says, Bunny, I don't know how you keep from killing yourself. Yeah. And this is because of the self-hatred about the robotness. Isization. <laughs> I'm just going to go with what works. Yeah, that's fine. And then she has that, uh, then Tails comes in, she has a conversation with Tail, and Tail. <laughs> just one of them. He has more than one. And she sort of explains, like, look, we're tight here. We're like a family. And that's kind of how we keep each other going. Yeah. That's pretty much the extent of the conversation, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, based on how this fanfic was set up, kind of surprised me, like, how few one-on-one moments they actually have. Yeah, because they're the ones who meet at the beginning. They have a couple moments like that, but the relationship between the two of them is really not the focus of the story. It's really Sally and Sandy for most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, this, um, just to elaborate on this moment between Sandy and Bunny as I'm reviewing it, it's like basically Bunny's, um, is it Bunny who's describing this? Oh, no. Um, yeah, Sandy's describing how she tried to cut her own arm off when Mm -hmm. it was roboticized, and it's pretty intense. So this is definitely one of those like dark moments that the fic has has warned about. Would you still call that PG thirteen? I don't know, man. Like it was like a lot. It was like PG fourteen at least. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> I mean, I I can read it out, but it's definitely a lot. It's okay. I yeah, I don't the... think we need to. Wait, yeah, we get the gist. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. I, I, I feel like Sandy's like perception of of roboticization and all of the what that comes with it was like far more realistic than most of the other characters um but i thought that this scene was actually pretty good at sort of contextualizing uh the freedom fighters 
like relatively bright perspective mm-hmm. as being like, hey, at least we have stuff left. Like we've managed to survive. So even though things suck and it turns out that they're actually suckier than we thought, we all managed to find real friendship and love together, which, you know, it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the nomads don't seem to have that same tenet, at least according to Sandy's perspective. So. Mm. Oh, by the way, speaking of Sandy and the nomads, she learned, like, robot-busting martial arts from the nomads, apparently. We never actually see any native nomad in this entire story. It's just <laughs> what we're told. Um, yeah. But they, they, what's that? They're never caught by yeah, the they're, robots. They're just that <laughs> badass. They basically developed that martial art from Battle Angel Alita. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whatever right. it's called. Anybody get, get out to see the Panzer movie, by the way? <laughs> no. Yeah, the Panzerkunst, right. Yeah. I uh, have not seen uh, it. Jeet Kune Do. Never. <laughs> Krav Maga. Um, have you yeah, seen no, it? I haven't seen it. No, I don't know whether I want to or not. Mm. I'm, like, strangely fascinated. <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out, because it looks like it's most of those previous stuff they show is just the first volume of stuff yes. like it ends with a fight with a, with a giant guy sure well that makes sense and then there's brief shots of her in like an arena which is like is it first volume and then the very end just skips everything in the middle no 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 because the next two volumes are her now you might not remember this because I probably lent you Battle Angel Alita yeah. back in the day and I didn't have those volumes yeah but immediately after that first volume she goes into the motor bo- motor ball what's it called the like horrible death sports sport game arena for yeah. like two volumes or something it's like a long time um and then she leaves it eventually so, so the movie's probably the first two volumes mm, that maybe or yeah if yeah <laughs> it would make sense if they heavily heavily condensed the like motorball arc if that's what it's called because yeah. it wasn't that interesting yeah i'm just wondering how long i can actually stomach the anime in real life mm. look of yeah. the main character <laughs> I will forgive everything if they have a post-credits, like, you know, te- teaser thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just Destiny Nova eating flan. No <laughs> words. Just, like, having a f- some flan. Flan? I'll forgive, flan. Yeah, I'll I forgive everything if they end up creating full CGI Sonic characters as a, <laughs> some sort of crossover sequel. There you go. <laughs> Get the rights to this fanfic. Have a crossover. From your lips to Satan's ears. It just feels like the the style for the movie is too, I don't know, silly for the heaviness of the subject matter. That's why I don't think I, think, I really I think it'd be, be cool if they, had a, but. if they had a scene where they cut their head open and they saw the chip instead of the brain. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will say that Battle Angel Alita is difficult for me. It's a very kind of heavy piece of media, so I don't know. Yeah. I, so the fanfic. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. 60% of the way into the fanfic, yeah. chapter 7, is when it starts to feel like an actual like chapter of a comic or episode of a cartoon. Yeah, because halfway through this, I was like, what's the plot? What's the conflict? What What's happening here? Yeah. It's just a big info dump. But this next chapter is Robotnik. Not, not, does anything of import happen? We have Robotnik's perspective, but does anything actually happen here? Not really. He's just kind of being it's Robotnik. Like setting up the fact that they exist, I guess. Oh, yeah. he... He reviews surveillance from those SWAT bots that Sandy killed, and he finds out that Sandy's alive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because he doesn't do anything with that information that is of any import. Mm-hmm. But he gets to be like, oh, unfinished business. But I hate unfinished business. There's also some like nice characterization of Snively in this, like, where we kind of see his perspective. And 
I don't remember exactly what it was, but like it just kind of like very humanized Snively where he was like talking about like um, how he was trying to appeal to Robotnik and he had this like very precise language he was using and then he's just kind of like totally shot down by Robotnik and you just kind of like feel his pain for a moment, mm. which is like really unusual, I guess, for like what you would expect from Sonic. So uh, that was interesting. You know, you say that, but I actually think the cartoon and the comics that actually, I think they might have really liked Snively because I, oh, I think fair, they yeah. kind of often sort of showed it from his perspective and like how crappy his life was as an underling of Robotnik, but like also a relation. Um, I guess that's yeah, fair, definitely yeah. Different from most, like the tropic form of, of the of the henchman yeah. character. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Maybe it is it is relatively accurate. It's just you don't often see it written in this sort of prose where you, like, see totally into his brain. But, yeah, he is kind of sympathetic. It says here in the wiki his species is Overlander. Well, that probably just means human. Yeah. Slightly mutated descendants of humans on Mobius. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Huh. Slightly now we mutated. Know. In, in, in the comics continuity, I, I think they end up having been in like the year 3000 or something they were part of a space colony and they tried to take it over and then some sort of machine they had exploded and they were transported in the future which Mm. you know comics (laughs) (laughs) chapter eight opens with a nightmare by sonic which is unimportant except that he gets to call robotnik butnik twice in three paragraphs yep Uh, (laughs) our highest concentration of that (laughs) Uh, when he wakes up, the queen's dead. There's a big funeral. And, like, I, I, I'm not sure how many people are in this rebel settlement. I don't really have a sense. How many people uh, live in Knothole? It's not supposed to be that many. Um, but they do they do port in the, the wolf pack, mm-hmm. um, which bolster their numbers. And they have a big state funeral. Yeah, this... I think this more than anything made me realize that this fanfic is really for people who care about the series mm. like a lot and not so much for outsiders. And, and then I sort of thought back to all the exposition at the beginning and I'm like, yeah, I can't imagine caring about this if I didn't like the show or the, or the comic. Maybe you, you guys have a different perspective. No, I mean, I think you're right, but it's not so strange for a piece of fan fiction to be written by fans for fans, right? Mm-hmm. You do yeah. you do get pieces where it's like anyone could read this and it would be great, but I think that's more of an exception. Gotcha. I actually um, just wanted to point out that the only the moment I was thinking of with Snively was that he kind of, like, puts all his clothes together, and he says there's no point compounding ineptitude with shabbiness, and you get this detail of his... Um, fastidiousness around his clothing and he knows that he's messed up but he's not gonna look bad doing it and I was like that's such a funny personality detail for like a minor underling character so Hmm. sort of put that one out there yeah it's funny too because Snively is like sort of depicted in a sympathetic light and then whenever he gets any like scrap of power he becomes incredibly unsympathetic yeah but you kind of get that in that minor detail where he's like very fastidious and you could like see how he'd be that sort of person but he's like yeah I'm gonna make this work for me (laughs) as best I can sort of tragic 
Yes. Now, Sandy and Sally were supposed to go in seclusion to, like, sit Shiva or something um, for the queen. And Bunny goes in to check on Sally because she knows she's pretty torn up. It's like, oh, my mom's alive. No, wait, she's dead. Like, it's been a tough time for Sally. Yeah. But when Bunny goes in, Sally's asleep. She's fallen asleep there. And Sandy's gone. It's interesting that you phrase it the way too, Mata, because there is, like, a lot of religious element in how they treat this. There's not that much religious element. No, but what I mean is that they have they have a lot of customs when it comes yeah. to death. Well, I, I think that's a strength of the fanfic is, like, portraying this as, like, actually these people are from a society. There's, like, things from the old ways that they're kind of trying to hold mm-hmm. on to in some ways because it's comforting to, like, have those traditions and maintain mm-hmm. those traditions as well as they can. Mm. So we've we've glossed over the uh, Nicole the um would you would you refer to her as uh, a, she's an iPhone yeah she's like, like a, a computer it's but like okay an arm band that's also a computer that saves sex information yeah. and like all sorts of weird holographic abilities I think she's a laser yeah and it's really annoying in this fanfic because they have her speak in all caps which just hurts my brain. Um, though I guess it's probably not too uncommon. But I do really like her interaction with Sonic when they're, like, trying to figure out um, where where Sandy's gone. Is Mm -hmm. that what they're trying to do? Yeah. And uh, Sonic refers to Nicole and, like, so normally Nicole's, like, really formal, like, like, supposedly robotic, technical, like, speech. But then Sonic who's one of two people, I guess, who can talk to Nicole for some reason, so it, like, refers to Nicole as, yo, Nicole, front and center. And then Nicole says, Sonic, what up? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like somehow they've switched roles. That was really <laughs> funny, was kind of actually. It's a really cute touch. Yeah. They, like, have a relationship, and then you start to wonder if, like, she's what her level of sentience is as a computer. She but. starts making sounds that he can't understand, and he's like, yikes, Nicole, you flip a chip or what? She says, sorry, my main hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, cute. Nicole is talking here because she's reading a note that Sandy left. Sandy left it written in the language of the nomads, which I guess is just called the language of the nomads. If you're going to leave a note, you would probably leave it in a language that people could read. I don't know. <laughs> But basically it says, hey, I'm going to go take down Robotnik because I've got nothing to lose. I'm willing to go down with him. Motto I'm... is on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Look, at the very least I'm on board for taking your shots where you get them. If not, just like charging in with no support. And everybody's very upset by the fact that Sandy has gone on a go like revenge death suicide attack because she's got no support. She's just walking into... Mobotropolis, where she's Robotropolis, where she's never been anyway, and it's probably a bad idea. Yeah, and they all kind of realize it's probably a bad idea. So they immediately go in after her, all of the freedom fighters who are relevant, and they kind of split into some groups. They go into Robotropolis like all the freaking time and get out fine, for one reason or another. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, they they do that, and this is you know after um, they've they've done all these. I do think interesting rituals around Sally and Sandy's mother's death, including one important detail, which is wrapping a long length of cloth around their waist. It's an important detail that comes up later. I don't remember what they Can call it. Does that come up it. later? Yeah, it does. Well, it's relevant at the climax. Ah, okay. 
Well, thanks for mentioning that then. I don't remember what they call it. It has a name, but hmm. well, each one of them does that. They go into isolation. They well, finally, yeah, we passed all that. I know. They're in the city but now. They're in the city now. <laughs> I just wanted to say, I just think it was interesting they had so many different rituals, but the long length of cloth that they trap around their waist is very important. Hmm, I forgot about that one. There's a, there's a little bit of Bunny and Sonic interaction as they're like splitting up to find Sandy. And it, it reminded me like, that there's sort of like this weird, at least in the show, at least I always thought there was like a love quadrangle between or supposed to be Bunny, Sally, um, Sonic, and Antoine. Yep. And um, and part of that may, may have come Wait. just from the fact that Bunny referred to Sonic as Sugar Hog, which is faithful in this fic as well. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, every time thought, she called him Sugar Hog, I was like, uh. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable <laughs> because it sounds so weird. But I guess he was Hedgehog, so, but it sounds so weird. Hmm. But also, Antoine's heterosexual. Uh, I mean, yeah. in the comics continuity, he marries Bunny, so yeah, yeah. there's a lot of okay, straightness whatever. going around. <laughs> I remember feeling like that was strange because as a kid I thought that country, like a, a country lady and a French guy shouldn't mix, which was kind of <laughs> <laughs> There gotta be a law. <laughs> Christ, oh my god. But I was like, I was all about the canon pairings anyway back then, so mm-hmm. it didn't matter that much. Oh, God. All right. So when they're going into Robotropolis, Bunny is the one who finds... As a country lady, I would never marry a French dude. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Amano. No, no worries. I'm just trying to get us through this. Uh, yeah. Well, I blame Taran. That seems fair. There's a lot of things we could have said after that comment, but I thought it best to just let it lie. <laughs> and that's why you're wiser than myself. I mean, just as long as we move on and don't keep talking about it, Continuously. Right. Let's just not dwell on this point. Not dwell on that point. Stop. Stop. You're going to make before. me want to say things. <laughs> Bunny finds Sandy's trail. Sandy's trail so is... So speaking of being... <laughs> Moving on. Sandy's trail is literally a trail of broken robots that she's just, like, busting through on her way through Robotropolis. It's a trail of gore. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, one point where... Um, Bunny sees a like a swap bot and is like, oh no, the swap bot's seeing me and then moves over and it has a hole punched in its chest. Yeah. And it's really funny, like, you know, so some live swap bots come around and she's like, oh, there's too many of them. And Sandy pulls her into an alley, right? And she's like, oh, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, we came to save your ass. And and Sandy's like, no, 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 you didn't need to do that. Sandy then gets to give Bunny the like five second Panzerkunst, like, you know, <laughs> summary. Right. And the summary of, like, how to kill robots is they shoot lasers, so get real close to them, and then punch them with your robot arm. Just, like, kill them. <laughs> it's like, that's really her martial wait, arts. Wait, wait, slow down. Let me get some pencil and paper. <laughs> it just made me laugh. It's like, that's, that's the main thing she's doing. I know. You can still shoot lasers rem- up close, right? It reminded me, like, of when you were... Like in an RPG, when you level up your character at the end of the game, and then you have to go back through some sort of random encounter at the beginning for some reason, <laughs> you just do regular yeah. attack and kill. And, it dies, and you right? just kill everything. Just yeah, murder. <laughs> I did like though that was a good point with this fanfic because that it had a very video game feel. Mm-hmm. You know, it worked. Yeah, I so I actually think the action worked 
pretty cartoony. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good use of sonic speed later on that's just like exactly how it would go in like a cartoon version or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Bunny using her newfound wisdom of like getting close and then like tear their head off or whatever. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Don't get shot. <laughs> Don't get shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And she has a moment where she's like, wait, getting in close is the hard part without getting shot by lasers. <laughs> <laughs> but like she kind of makes it work. She didn't get any of the like details there. Uh, they get to kill some robots, mm. destroy some robots, whatever. And then they're just captured because mm-hmm. Robotnik turns on a enormous electromagnet over to the side and they just get, like, pulled into it. Brilliant. Because <laughs> they both He's have robot absolutely parts. absolutely a genius. And R- R- Robotnik also loses the their way, feelings. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, wouldn't any other robot or metal thing be sucked in and yet not for some reason? Yeah. Yeah. Very sonic logic, though, so I'm going to overlook it. And Robotnik gets to do a Robotnik gloat. He's like, I'm going to roboticize you, and I'm going to torture you for information. That is Sandy and Bunny, respectively. Yeah, actually, this part was pretty horrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was scared right now when Amato was pointing at me during this. <laughs> You're the one who gets to be tortured for information. Yeah. Yeah, our listeners didn't get to see that part. <laughs> Mato didn't point at me, so I feel safe. I don't know anything, though. <laughs> yeah, the, Robotnik gets some on-point villainous dialogue here. Um, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was terrified. Yeah, Bunny's like, he's like, to Bunny, you, you won't get roboticized until you've told me everything I want to know about Knothole. She says, in your dreams, Robotnik, Sugar Nick. <laughs> she doesn't say Sugar Nick. Nope, no one's sure. <laughs> <laughs> and he says... Do you know what I dream of, my dear? Ways of extracting information from reluctant forest folks such as yourself. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. Like, dang, that's a line. It was messed up. <laughs> after that, Sandy tries to tell Robotnik that his robotic arm is killing him, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. Yeah. That was a good point. And he's like, no, no, we get along quite fine, my arm and I. And it's not clear in this fanfic whether he already totally knew about that and he has a plan or he has, like, countermeasures or whatever, or doesn't believe her or what. Like, I don't know. Though there, there is a reason given at the end. For telling him. For telling him. Yeah. yeah. And I guess we'll... No, yeah, you can tell it right now. Uh, um, so there is a point at the end where, it, was it Sonic asking why? Yeah, like, why did you tell why him that his arm was killing him? Like that? Yeah. And her rationale is because... And this is so logical, yeah, and it's such it's a great. good point, that it's not that I care about him. It's that if he discovers this is actually hurting him, he may start to work on de-roboticizing technology that we may be able to, you know, Steal, appropriate, yeah. Yes, appropriate for our own purposes to de-roboticize our own people. So, there you go. And I'm glad I'm the person who got to say that, because I'm probably the only other person who can say de-roboticize. <laughs> <laughs> I can say de-roboticize, just not oh, de-robotic, just not de-roboticization. <laughs> You're getting better. Sorry, that's getting mean. lots of practice. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Look, I need to use the word de-roboticization like forty times in context before mm. it sticks, and I learn it. I hear you. I mean, don't worry about it. Fake, fake English is a hard language. <laughs> Super hard. I have been studying it for a long time. So now, at this point. In the Sonic the Hedgehog fanfic, how far are the way we through it? How far of uh, the way are we? Don't worry, Mo. Actually, English is much too. Seventy something you said. 
over eighty percent. This is the point. The end. This is the point at which Sonic the Hedgehog gets to do something relevant. Mm. And so yeah. it's pretty nice. That's <laughs> really that's the first. I time. feel like we're about ninety. And I would know because when my phone reads to me, it tells me where I'm at percentage-wise. So. Tarin, were you the one just talking about the kind of uh, way the cartoon action works pretty well? Yeah. You want to talk about Sonic scene here? No, actually. No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't have it blow by blow. I'm going to let you do it. That's fine. I mean, it's not a huge blow by blow. He gets to come in uh, and be like, ah, I'm saving the day. I'm Sonic... He Zot gets hedgehog. to go fast. <laughs> he can got, really move. He's got to go faster, faster, yeah, he does, faster. He does two things. He goes fast and he gets uh, questionably source hot yeah, dogs. Faster, faster, uh, faster. Is having an attitude, does that count as doing something? <laughs> Not really. That's very passive, I think. <laughs> can Sonic the Hedgehog be a Power Ranger? Is he a teenager? Yes. Yep. Okay, well, great. He's got it's an attitude. 15 or 16 through 18, depending on who you ask. He's a teenager with attitude. Um, anyway, he comes in, you know, the, the SWAT bots all kind of draw a beat on him. He's surrounded by robots that are about to shoot at him. And robots like, Robotnik's like, any last requests, Rodent? And Sonic's just keeping an eye on making sure that Bunny and Sandy have, like, safely gotten out of there. And they've managed to escape while Robotnik's distracted by Sonic. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he sees that they are safe, he does crazy, uh, oh no, like, Sally pulls the electromagnet and it grabs Robotnik. And, you know, Sonic gets to zoom off. He was bouncing around some before. It's nothing too important. It's just, like, that's what a low-budget cartoon would have done with that action <laughs> sequence, yes. Yeah, it's mainly a distraction. Yeah. yeah. I'm just happy Sonic he... Sonic just distracting them while Sally yeah. sneaks in and saves everybody kind yeah. of thing. It's just, you know, he had to go fast. So <laughs> yes. he's got to go fast, and he did go fast. I'm just very pleased for him that he succeeded Speaking in going of, fast. of Sonic going fast, hedgehogs <laughs> don't move particularly fast. Wait, what? And he neither acts like a hedgehog nor looks like one. Uh -huh. I, I think he did popularize them, which is uh. cool for hedgehogs. Wait, Tarn, are you suggesting that Sonic is a teenage mutant? Speedy Ninja hedgehog? hedgehog. <laughs> you know, I would like to say that I've never seen a blue hedgehog, and also most hedgehogs are way cuter than Sonic, and that's the first time in cartooning that I can think of that something in real life is cuter than the cartoon <laughs> version. It mm, bothers me. True. Also, in game in game design terms, how can you not have anything done with the quills? Mm. Well, the spin jump kind of uses the quills, right? To, like, tear through things like a saw blade. Is yeah, that what yeah. happens? And all of his stuff is that whenever he hits something, his quills destroy it. So I Yeah, I think like, that's the idea. Honestly, the it's character design... Marriage. Yeah. For hedgehog, for Sonic the Hedgehog was just like, I drew something with spikies. I guess it's a hedgehog. Like, <laughs> literally. I don't know. Now, yeah. Are you sure that's a hedgehog? Yes, pass me the, the, the blue pencil. <laughs> I, I, I remember in some old video game magazine, and I'm sure you can find it online now, this like two-page comic that was the origins of Sonic the Hedgehog. And it was the only time this origin was ever used. And it was just like, oh, we'll throw that out there. And then no one ever wanted to use it again. And it was like, Robotnik was a good scientist. And like he was doing something with Sonic, who was a hedgehog who was not blue. And the same accident that turns Robotnik crazy turns Sonic blue and gives him the super speed. And like no one uh, would ever use that continuity again. Yeah. I mean, very like superhero origin. Yeah, like, it was. Yeah. So the same thing that turned like Robotnik the crazy. The Joker kind of thing. Turned Sonic crazy. Uh, crazy fast. 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sonic also is a nickname, which is what? Shut the front door. What, what Sonic is given name? Given name. <laughs> well, we're all so angry about this. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I feel like it's inappropriate to ask if he prefers to go by Sonic, but I'm just aching to know. Well, <laughs> are you sure you want to know? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Eh. <laughs> No. Let's move on. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> no. It just seems wrong to ask, you know? Like, you don't ask what someone's, like, birth name is, right? Well, you, It's not like Miles, quote, Tails, unquote, Prower. Who, yeah, like, because he, he still goes he's by okay Miles. okay with that, yeah. yeah. Like, with people knowing. I mean, you gotta is Sonic you. okay with people knowing? Like, that's the main question. Yeah, but you, you gotta tell me, Tarn. Don't, don't make me dive into the wiki again. I, I looked at it a little bit. I, I'm still reeling from the Yeah, let's results. let's assume Sonic's okay with knowing his birth name. <laughs> Tell us. Oh, yeah. It's... Yeah, I, I was stalling for time. I, I don't have it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Anticlimactic. That's okay. I have something to read while you stall for time, which is about Sandy killing a swap bot. Sure. Um, let's see. Before the swap bot could get off a shot, Sandy dropped to the ground and rolled directly underneath it, looking up between its legs. She she jammed her fist through the bot's crotch and into its pelvis, then seemed to fish around for something. (laughs) Does that sound uncomfortable? A little bit. I did notice that scene. With a quick yank, she pulled out a thick support rod and some wiring, which she tossed aside. The swap bot shuddered for an instant, then collapsed in a heat. It collapsed in a heap. I don't blame him, Bunny thought. Then left two bots standing. Just freaking pulling out his robot spine through its crotch, I know. Through the crotch. Like, it's just a robot, but how graphic is that? All right, Tarn, are you ready for us? Pause. (laughs) Gotta go faster, faster, faster. I'm looking at the wiki. Yeah, I have no idea where this went. Wait, you gotta go faster. Tarn was just making this up. He doesn't have a given name at all. Apparently he's 15 years old, though. It's Sylvester. Sylvester the Hedgehog. (laughs) No, it's way weirder than that. Ignacy. Here's a list of things Sonic dislikes. Mm -hmm. Evil. Okay. Okay, yeah. Lies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) His friends threatened. Okay. Yeah, okay. Losing. Okay. His enemies. (laughs) Mm. Deep water. (laughs) Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel okay. like a lot of those could have been condensed a little bit. People making fun of his weight. Uh, what? The I guess no one of, likes that. Apparently, yeah, the, but... the concept of slowness. <laughs> yeah, well. Waiting, and finally boredom. Mm, well, I made Sonic wait a lot when I played the game. Is that just a pun about the weight thing? Is that just a pun? People making fun of his weight, <laughs> wait. wait, wait. I, don't, I just don't get it. Like, I'm looking at this list of things he likes. I'm seeing how many of them are basically just speed. Nobody make, likes anybody <laughs> commenting about their body in any fashion, and no one should ever do that. I mean, that's fairly obvious, but why so specific? He likes running. He likes his friends. He likes adventures, parties, stopping Eggman, relaxing, being a hero, having fun, challenges, racing, saving the world. You know, personally, I hate having fun and saving the world. <laughs> I know, right? I hate relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> love showing off. Love speed. Okay. What, the drug or the concept? No context. It's probably just the movie. I think you they know, might be interrelated. 
Well, I, I, I just might be a big uh, Keanu Reeves fan. Gotta go loves... faster and faster. <laughs> oh, the movie, yeah. yeah. Spending time with his friend, singular. <laughs> <laughs> he only has the one. Having time for himself, joking around with his enemies, and winning. Mm. Oh, he, so he hates losing. Yeah. But he, he likes, likes winning. winning. Just try and get that straight. And go figure. How <laughs> right, does he feel about a tie? <laughs> this is your last chance, Tarn. we got to move on. Sonic's name. I realize, yeah. I, you lied. It's not showing up. Tarn lied. Okay. That's okay. Because <laughs> there's other things I watched. Oh, you know what, Tarn? Sonic would hate that. <laughs> Sonic would hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic hates lies. He would also hate all that evil that you have. And waiting. Yeah. yeah. And oh, the and the waiting. waiting. Yeah. 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 And the fact that you made fun of his weight. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happened. So here's the thing. We're in the last chapter of the fanfic, chapter 12. Mm. The first thing in chapter 12 is a note. This chapter contains material which some readers may find offensive. If oh you download God. this material, you are free to delete any objectionable portions so long as you maintain the narrative flow. What a weird comment. And I, I was so ready for something awful to happen. I was bracing myself. Yeah, I, I was thought like, something ah, terrible. It's fan fiction. This is going to be some kind of be so terrible, terrible dark fic. I mean, we've had all the body horror, but mm-hmm. like... Uh, like, we've had to cancel... We had some stuff. We had that. to cancel a fanfic before this because it's like, oh, we're not up to dealing with talking about this. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to be something really awful. Let's talk about the, the last thing. The truly this awful thing that happened in the last portion of this. Brace fanfic. yourself for the objectionable content that you can delete from the fanfic <laughs> if you want. If you need to. Should we just jump to the twist ending? Yeah, let's do it. Tori, I feel like you should take this one. Yo, so, it's all just, like, winding down, right? Sandy and Bunny get a moment. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, hey, Sandy's like, I gotta leave. I'm sorry, I I gotta leave, but, you know, it's my thing. I'm a nomad, and I'm moving on. And Bunny's like, dang, I wish you didn't have to go. And they have a tender moment, and they kiss. Yes. And it's cute. It's totally innocent, it's totally sweet, and totally not objectionable in any way, shape, or form. I know. And that's basically what happens in the epilogue. Like, is there anything else I'm missing here? Like, I feel like that was about it. No, that's the main thing. Yeah, that's the main thing. I would like to read the Um, quote here. Yes, go. Bunny then embraced Sandy and kissed her. She kissed her hard on the mouth. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Really, on the mouth? On the mouth. Sandy was caught off guard, wasn't only for a second. She then returned both the kiss and the embrace. I, I just liked the line, she kissed her, she kissed her hard on the mouth. I know. I have so many things I could say. Uh, well, which parts of these do we need to delete because it's so really so objectionable? objectionable. Oh my god, I'm so fucking offended. Personally, I'm offended by the embrace. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. How dare they? Wait, you know, wait. I did want to say that, like, aren't they different species? Yeah. <sighs> So, I'm just saying, that is a little objectionable if you really think about it. I'm going to delete this line when it says, when their lips parted with a quiet, moist sound. (laughs) (laughs) Three stars were already visible in the sky overhead. (laughs) I think we could use for a few less words there, so I'm going to delete some of them. Also, isn't moist one of those words that people hate? I mean, I I don't personally hate it, but people do. Maybe that's what they thought was objectionable, the word moist. Yeah. I'm yeah. still just struggling with this whole concept. It was 1995. I know. I guess. I know. I'm not Maybe the that stupid, true, but... 
the true objectionable thing is Sonic's real name being Ogilvy Maurice the Hedgehog. What? He's named after his grandfather, apparently. Ogilvy Maurice. Ogilvy Maurice. That seems like it was probably heavily implied in that last chapter. Mm. Yeah. yeah, with your permission, Tarin, as well as that of the author, I'm just going to delete that concept right o- now. Ogilvy? <laughs> oh, I can't intend not to start to pronounce that. It's O-G-I-L-V-I-E. Okay. Yeah. So let's completely, like, <laughs> let's ignore the fact that this author apparently lived in a time where gay kissing was more objectionable than, like, a lot of the other, like, relatively traumatic content that was in this. Like, let's be fair, like, they were yeah. very sensitive in a lot of oh, what yeah. they did, and I have no objection to the content they did put in here, but I do feel like some of the stuff could have deserved a trigger warning. Like, there were really threatening scenes and a lot of body horror, mm-hmm. which is triggering for me personally, like... This wasn't super triggering, but the body horror and the terminal illnesses and all of that did not get a trigger warning, but the very, like, brief kiss did. Mm-hmm. Crazy, right? It, it's really funny from a yeah from the cold, harsh light of 2019. It is very funny. 1995. I mean, no, and it's... Years. It's sad. I mean, I don't blame the author. I feel like they're probably under a lot of social pressure to create trigger warnings around literally just the fact that they are both coded as women, despite also being anthropomorphic animals of different species, and that's all really, like, weird. But I get where they're coming from, because it was a very different time. Like, we have an era where, like, every show, other show on Netflix has gay characters kissing, and that's great. Because I can turn on my TV and see gay kisses all the time. I'm happy about it. So, there you go. What about those gay embraces? No, I don't like those. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Let's skip the embrace. Like, I prefer a peck on the lips, but, like, shoulders do not touch. You know, you, like, lean (laughs) forward. You leave room for God. Exactly. Not between the lips, but at least between the torsos. Yeah, like, right. Lock yeah, on yeah, those like lips. Baseball tower, you know. Yeah, because <laughs> mm-hmm. you you know God's gonna want to get in there. If you're literally <laughs> supporting each other's body weight with only your mouth, then mm-hmm. that is an acceptable kiss. It's romantic. Yeah. Yeah. That's the end of the fanfic. <laughs> now, I think the author did more with this continuity and the character of Sandy. I didn't look carefully at, like, the rest of the comics, uh, rest of the fanfics on the author's page, but I think they're all a continuing continuity. I don't know what they did, but I think something. So this is very much kind of a character introduction type story. That explains a lot. Yeah, because I guess we can talk about things that didn't work for us with this fanfic, eh? And we've talked about it before, but the structure of the fanfic is just like, for the first half, you're like, these characters are meeting, and they're talking a whole lot, and there's a lot of background. And it's not boring, but it's also not really much of a story for, like, the whole first half. And then the second half, there's a story, but it's a really episodic, like you said, Tarin, kind of like episode of a cartoon story, where it's like, oh, nothing was resolved. A few things were established, but nothing really major came of it. And so the plot doesn't work too well for me in this fanfic. 
Is this all a setup for the continuity that they? That's make? what I was saying. Is it, it seems that way, but I haven't actually read the future stories. Mm. It seems like other things were done with this, the stuff that was set up in this fanfic later. Mm. But it was also released as a single story. It's clearly supposed to stand on its own as a single story. Right. It's not like Bloodlines Part One. It's not like Chapter One of a longer titled yeah. work. I yeah. mean, effectively, it might be, but yeah. you know. I I think there is like you know I will get into this, but there is a lot to praise in terms of this being like a standalone like cartoon arc. Totally fine, but yeah, character development wise, not a lot happens for the characters, and like you'd think there would be with like Sandy and Sally. Um, discovering their siblings and losing their mother and, like, Sally meeting her mother, you don't see a lot of development there. And what especially didn't ring true to me, and, like, the only objectionable part of the bunny and Sandy kiss is, like, what led to that? They didn't have a whole lot of chemistry until then. I was... No. I was surprised a little bit. Like, I really had to go back through and figure out, like, why did these characters kiss? Like, what was their romantic connection? And I still really struggled with what happened there. It's like... Bunny discovered her first, and they had, like, a couple moments of interaction, but, like, those barely could lead to a friendship, let alone any sort of romantic inclination. There wasn't a build to that. No. And I think that just kind of mirrors... My main issue with the fanfic is I think the author had a good idea of what the char- what they wanted the characters to be and do and develop into, but they didn't explain it to the reader. Well, was there any uh, growth that was earned, or...? Yes. Yeah. I do think the author obviously felt the growth. I just don't think they described it to us. Mm-hmm. So I think they just skipped a few things that may have been going on in their own brain. That's what I think. Remember that, like, these are the only two partially roboticized people around, so maybe the author thought that he, he or she, they needed to come up with someone similarly... I don't know, similar issues. I mean, that's a good point. Like, maybe, 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 but it needs to be explained. That's my point, is that the author fails to explain that connection appropriately. Didn't quite sell it to us. Yeah. Like, Like I said, there's plenty of justifications, but it's just not given to us. Tarn, I I totally agree. Like, the exposition in this was just brutal for me, and... I disliked Sandy as a character. Like, I can see her being a really typical anti-hero style character from from that era, but she's just so boring to me somehow. Like, she's she's just sort of a rash, like, sort of emo teenager who, who has some badass stuff and then gets easily whooped by Robotnik and, like, with a, with a magnet... And, and the more I think about that, the more I like it. So maybe I'm going <laughs> to change my about that. Do you feel like any of the other characters had better, like, uh, characterization? Because, like, I, I understand that you're familiar with the other characters from the source material, but do you feel like they were characterized any better in the media, like, with more depth? Um, I don't think there was a lot of character development, even for Sally. Like, she didn't change at all, as far as I can tell. And, like... Her backstory, like, no, nothing has really changed from from the revelations, um, which is which is fine. But like, 
I did think that the characterization of Sonic and Tails and Antoine and Bunny were all pretty spot on. I don't know how hard that is to do because they're all pretty one note in in the source material. Um, but yeah, I'm glad Antoine wasn't in it very much because that would have been really rough to read after a while. It was rough to read <laughs> at all, yeah. yeah. At yeah. all. And, and Rotor, Rotor is probably the most interesting character to me when I read the comics and watched the series because he's just sort of the the tech guy but he's like way less qualified than uncle chuck and like he's not really a fighter but he kind of has to be so it's like and he's sort of like the dad of the group but he had like no part in this which was kind of nope. sad for me yeah i mean would you say that sandy was just as one note as the other characters though that's my curiosity um i think she was just she has that that author avatari feeling of being able to mm. like pull out tricks out of nowhere mm. and just be better than everyone. Um, and then like also have the dark emo angsty thing going on, which is fine. I, I guess it's fine, but I would have rather that characterization be like reflected in bunny. Like bunny mm. could have thoughts of darkness inside or something. I don't yeah, know. Cause she didn't have the like most. They, they came yeah. up with, like a character that just fit all of all of their needs, which is fine, I guess. Yeah, Fair and enough. and like you said, Tarn, it's not as if she solves all the problems. Um, yeah, it, I've we've seen author avatars more in that direction, and she wasn't one of them. Yeah, uh, so, and I guess that leads into what do we want to praise about this fanfic on the way out? I mean, my my primary thought here is um, thinking of character depth. Uh, Bunny had the most depth. Um, of the characters that I can discern. Um, and while I wish that would have gone a little deeper, I kind of got a sense of what the author was going for with her. These ideas of the characters with the roboticization, very deep and poignant. Like, yeah, I would have liked to see more character, like more exploration of that to get to the point where the author that they were going the points of their trauma around being roboticized were super real. And the author clearly had an understanding of, like, as I mentioned before, this idea of what body horror stems from. And they injected a level of depth into Bunny as a character and into Sandy as a character and into Sally as a character around those ideas of, like, their bodies being co-opted. And I thought that that was actually pretty well done. So I would give props to them for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. I I did like when it started becoming more cartoon. Like I liked I liked the fact that they headed into Robotropolis and then like instantly got in up over their up over their next however whatever that idiom is and like it was it was pretty like typical like brash behavior leading to a crisis which Sonic saves the day. I don't know that kind of even though it's really super typical. It's the kind of story that gets told in this, you know, in this continuity, right? In, like, in Sonic. Yeah. The comic. Yeah. Um, And I guess I'd also just like to add that a lot of times there are nice character interactions between various characters. When people aren't in super expository mode, um, sometimes there can be some, some nice exchanges. 
Um, I kind of was making fun of, I said, like, Bunny explains death to Tails. But I, actually, that, actually, that's not what happens. Like, it's actually a nice little scene where Tails is like, yeah, the queen's dying, but why is everybody, like... And, like, that's sad. I get that. But, like, everybody seems, like, really upset about it, and I'm not, like, quite sure what the vibe is. And she, what she actually tells him is that, yeah, it, like... When someone's dying like that, it reminds people of their own mortality, is basically yeah. what she says. And he's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Um, there's some pretty poignant moments, despite like, and, a lot of superficial stuff. Very poignant character yeah. beats. Like, pretty cool. And then that also kind of being the the beat that lets her show to um, to Sandy that, like, yeah, we're, we're tight like a family. Like, I'm, I'm not related to Tails, but it's like we are a close family here in the Freedom Fighters here, and that's kind of how we get by and escape despair, because that was what the, co- the conversation was about. And, you know, there's other, there's a few other, like, kind of light scenes, like, Taryn, you were talking about the the early, like, dispute over Sonic following, going with Sandy, and, like, he does anyway, gets in over his head, and, like, uh, you know, gets captured because he was being a dumb, reckless Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog. Murray's? Murray's. <laughs> Reckless Maurice. <laughs> um, Robotnik getting to be mustache twirlingly evil, but not... But... What is it about Robotnik? It's like, he's being mustache twirlingly evil in a way where the author was actually putting a little bit of effort into writing a mustache twirlingly evil villain. Like, I don't know. Just seems like... That's, that's totally it, you know? Like, even though the characters are pretty one-dimensional, like... I do think this author does a good job at several points in like emphasizing in semi-creative at least ways um, what makes them kind of special or compelling compelling characters that's a good way to put it yeah yeah and so if this was the first sonic fanfic by this author and they kept writing for some time I expect that if we kept reading, we would see the normal thing where they became a better writer over time and were telling more interesting stories over time. Right. Just like when you read a web comic and you look at the first comic and it looks terrible. <laughs> the first year. Yeah. yeah, and then you like skip ahead to the current one. And you're like, oh my god, this artist is amazing. Actually, like, I actually want to pick on that idea a little bit just to say that like, I think the author was creating a really difficult challenge for themselves in in balancing the one dimensionality of the origin characters mm. with the the like three dimensionality they wanted to bring to life in these characters. So I would say, yeah, like yeah, like maybe they develop, but it's not exactly the same. It's like it was a big challenge. Like they kind of bounced back and forth between the real depth and the two dimensionality, but like those are totally different planes of existence. Like one is really they really got on point with the jokes and like the source material. And the other one was like getting into a real depth. And I feel like that was a difficult balance to maintain. So, like, I feel like that's why it feels so strange. I don't know if y'all agree with me or not. Mm-hmm. But By the way, apropos of nothing, glancing at this author's Sonic fanfics, I think maybe they're not all the same continuity at all. I think maybe this is the only... Um, the, the story with Sandy and everything else is, like, later on and maybe based on farther on in the comics continuity and stuff huh. at a glance. I think I may have been wrong about that. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there definitely was, I think, I think the, the cartoon especially kind of begged to be filled in the gaps of, like, what happened to some of the, the background characters like Sally's family. So it makes a lot of sense to pursue that 
um, those dimensions. I also think the the author is kind of funny in, in various ways. Like pretty, like Tori was saying, pretty good with comedic beats. Like there's a point we didn't mention where where Robotnik is asking Snively to blow up the size of the of the picture of, <laughs> of I guess Sandy or or, or Sandy attacking. Or yeah, that was good. And Snively says, "But sir." We're starting to lose resolution as it is. It's like Enhance. Oh, it's a CSI joke from yeah. before CSI existed. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Robotic like abandons the idea of doing it and Snively's totally surprised. Like, what? <laughs> you actually listen to me? <laughs> Alright, well, overall, um, despite a few criticisms, I enjoyed reading the fanfic and I enjoyed getting back into the yeah. The weirdo sonic um, continuity of the Archie comics. Did we get to uh, to any of Dom's particular points on that? Or did you? I, I'm okay. You're good. Okay. I'm kind of falling asleep. <laughs> Sorry, I was checking. Yeah. Oh, falling asleep. That doesn't bode well for our future listeners. Well, it doesn't bode well for me drinking all day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> but I basically just passed out because I was sick, not because I was drinking. So, yeah, so you say. <laughs> No one trusts me anymore. <laughs> now, next week, we are going into more 90s animation, mm. but in a way, less 90s animation. Because we're going back to Gargoyles, but this time it is not a Ghostbusters crossover. It's just Gargoyles. The Gargoyles. So, Tori, your assignment is to bring that... No, not Tori, it's CJ. Right, CJ's going to have to bring that Gargoyle clan that... Oh, yes, uh, that was CJ's as a kid. I think I saw, oh, saw yeah. some of them up on the wall when I went and visited again in CJ's place. Oh, yeah, they're all <laughs> framed on their walls. Oh, Perfect. wonderful. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, I'm sure I had some Gargoyles fan art, but CJ's, like, what? CJ's older than me. Yeah. By, like, a couple years. Anyway, she had the, the presence of mind to uh, preserve that fan art. Yeah, for posterity. Exactly. We're going to be reading The Gargoyles Saga, which I know is the most compelling name you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll read maybe the first five chapters of it. Do you it know is, when in continuity this takes place? Uh, gonna have to check. It was written in 97 mm. and onward, if that tells you anything. It is well, a... Gargoyles I don't know if it does. finished by 97. Okay, so there you go. Mm. Um, so it's, I'll just watch the whole thing then. <laughs> it's not that long. Yeah, I've got it on my computer. We can go watch it right now. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really matter what the fanfic is. I can tell Dom it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna be doing a Digimon fanfic next, mm-hmm. and Dom will say, okay, so I need to go rewatch Gargoyles, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, so I want to rewatch Gargoyles. How have they, they not rebooted Gargoyles? I don't know. I know, right? Like, you know what my favorite, I think I've already said this on the podcast, my favorite toy from McDonald's when I was a kid was the spinning Goliath <laughs> where you just push the button until oh, the, the rock stone. finally yeah. burst open. I had like six of those. They, they did it. continue the continuity through comics uh, more Much recently. later on. Yeah. 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 Well, this is a fanfic by various authors. Uh, I think each one's written by a different author. And it's going to be interesting. It's the first fanfic we've read that's going to, that is like that. It goes on forever, so we're just going to read the first few chapters and see how it goes. Mm. You, the fans, can find a link to that website at bit.ly slash rfrgargoyles. And Tori and Dom, I guess you can find it there, too. Hey, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. 
No, wait, I'm not. Never. Well, you're, fall, you're falling asleep, Dom, so... <laughs> you can't be a true fan. I'm going to gatekeep this. I'm still stuck Fair in enough. my rock prison until uh, sunset, so... It's actually past sunset. I know the listeners wow. can't see that. Yeah. You really wanted to call me on that. Like, <laughs> I was just going to let the joke go. I like, they resist. had no way of knowing. You, you, can't, you can't make jokes like that around nerds. They'll, they'll call you on the, the little details. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm out. No more podcast for me. I'm tired of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> this was episode 27 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, Bloodlines by Dan Drazen, written in 97. You can find a link there at bit.ly slash RFR Bloodlines. It's all lowercase, as usual. And... Thanks again for coming on for it, Tarn, for our first remote guest. Thank you, Tarn. Yeah, thanks, Tarn. Glad to be the guinea, or Tarn the guinea pig. Sugar hog? <laughs> Tarin the guinea pig. Sugar pig. Sugar pig. Uh, can I just call someone sugar human? Is that okay? No. No. Not me. <laughs> Pick I, I, another human. I don't think that's okay in general. <laughs> okay, well, I guess it's sugar hog, not sugar hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So probably just like sugar man, right? Well, right. well. <laughs> uh, ask your wife. <laughs> that sounds fair. The intro song for this podcast is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Really, Really Fast Against the Universe <laughs> from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. You can also find us on Twitter at retrofanfic, or you can send us email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. I say retrofanfic a lot of times in short succession during this little spiel. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> you're, the, you're the one that wanted the old stuff. <laughs> I'm the one to blame, I know. Anyway, if you've got any questions or comments or thoughts, please contact us in some manner. and Or maybe leave comments or reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to listen to us. I'm Amato. I'm you Tori. Can move. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Tori. I'm Tori. They've got an attitude. Attitude. I'm afraid to talk. And I'm Dom. They got an attitude. Tarn's correct, Tori. Fastest thing alive. And, and that... I know. I didn't, didn't know what part we were going for. <laughs> and we've Not also Tarn. got Tarn. <laughs> He's the fastest thing oh. alive. He's the fastest thing alive. Gotta go faster, faster, faster. There's only three <laughs> things, yeah. Some we. Heroes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we are just four earth life forms trying to be nice to each other and sometimes succeeding until next time take care bye gotta gotta go bye. yeah we really gotta go <laughs> we, we gotta go fast <laughs> fast we've made that joke way too many times like i can't
the rotor thing is interesting because I'm too used to newer so versions of sound continuity where the mechanical guy is Tails. That's Tails' thing. Yeah, 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 totally. But that was absolutely not the case in the Sonic cartoon and at this point the comics continuity. Tails didn't need more. Like, Tails he already flies. Fly. Tails can swim, unlike Sonic. Tails like, is just cool. I don't know how Tails can fly either. Because of the Tails. Well, why did he need to invent a plane? Like, it doesn't... <laughs> because he can't carry Sonic that far, Tarion. <laughs> only like a couple feet and he drops. Like so only someone who could carry Sonic a little bit would think, oh yes, I need to carry Sonic a long <laughs> ways. I just kind of want Tails to grow up into the Ninetales. Oh to yeah, that's true. Because he's always just I stuck want at Tails the Ninetales. To go full Brooklyn and just become a super badass in the future who like way outstrips. I don't know. I feel like Tails' like sweetness and innocence is what makes him so special. Like he's just—I don't know. I don't want him to. Like I don't like the badass trope for Tails. Like because <laughs> like maybe badass in action, but I don't want him to get that attitude. You know that the sweetness is what keeps him as a good person. I remember. Galen talking about the, you know, Archie Sonic continuity at some point mm -hmm. and explaining to me that, like, there's a whole story arc where, like, there's there's a chosen one. There's, like, you know, a savior supposed to save the world. Mm -hmm. and it's Tails. It's not Sonic. <laughs> um, that's great. And, I mean, that's how it should have been in Harry Potter, too. Sure. Definitely should have been Neville. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you got to acknowledge that it's, like, Sonic as a character is that 90s kid that mm -hmm. everybody is, like, brash hero, right? But he's kind of a dick, and he <laughs> really doesn't understand boundaries like this fanfic points out, you know? He's just, he's not paying enough attention. 